Hello and welcome to Behind the Bearcat. This is the podcast where the Northwest Career Services Office chats with Northwest faculty, staff, students, alumni, and friends to hear about their career journeys, how they got to where they are, and how they became Bearcats. I'm Northwest Internship Coordinator Travis Klein. And I'm Hannah Christian, the Assistant Director of Career Services here at Northwest. And on today's podcast, our very special guest is a double Bearcat, was a teacher, and has recently rejoined our staff here uh, in the Student Success Center as an academic advisor and success coach for the College of Education. Please give it up for LaTanya Davis. Welcome. Hi, hello everyone. Thank you so much for having me. Just in the very few conversations that I've had with you already, I know there's so many stories that we need to talk about on this podcast. Oh yeah, Um, more than 30 minutes. (laughs) I know, right? Way more. Um, But let's go back and let's start at the very beginning. Young you (laughs) in St. Louis, right? Mm -hmm. Growing up, what was your very first job? My very first job was at McDonald's. Two in a row! row. (laughs) I worked at McDonald's. I actually took two Metro buses to get there and um, I made, what, $4.75 an hour? (laughs) And my first check seemed like the most money ever. Um, But yeah, I worked at McDonald's. So it's funny. So I I say that because we had a previous guest that we interviewed today who also first job at McDonald's. So that was my first, well, my first job was not at McDonald's, but my second job was, and it was kind of a rite of passage in our Ah. area. Like everyone in in my town worked at McDonald's. Um, (laughs) So that was why we, we got excited there. So what did you do at McDonald's? I was just at the register taking orders. I didn't Uh, go in the area where where they cook. (laughs) I'm not a very good cook even now. (laughs) I remember one time I spilled a whole container of ketchup all over the floor and it was impossible to pick up. And that was like, yep. And then no more food for you. (laughs) Nope. Just put it in the bag. That's it. That's it. All good. All right. So talk to us about how you came to Northwest. St. Louis is a, you know, as the crow flies, it's, it's a pretty good distance away from Northwest Missouri. So how did you get here? It is a distance. Well, actually while I was in high school, I, um, I didn't plan on going to college at all. Um, and my family, we went to work and, I, I was a cheerleader and my cheerleading sponsor, she asked me, she says, where are you going to college? And I was like, I'm not going to college. I'm going to work. And she was like, no, you're going to college. And I was like, okay. So I started looking and uh, everyone went to Mizzou or uh, Southwest at the time, Missouri State, I'm aging myself. And I didn't want to follow anybody. So I decided to come up I liked the, the view books. They looked really nice. Looks like a nice location. And I just picked it and said, I'm going to go check it out. And I went up here, checked it out, liked it. And there's history. So so then you, you came. And did you, uh, so if you weren't planning on going to college, how did you pick your major? Well, I always liked my PE teachers. And I I always wanted to be a teacher in some way uh, growing up, and um, I noticed that everybody loves the PE teacher, and I said, you know what, I want to try it, and I I loved it. I fell in love with it. I actually, with the intention being a uh, social studies teacher or a counselor in high school, I was thinking high school, high school all the way, and then I started observations, and I fell in love with the little ones. I fell in love with the little ones, and uh, yeah, and that's what I ended up doing. 
So you mentioned uh, you were a cheerleader yeah. <laughs> and also a dancer, right? And also you're pretty good, right? I'm not sort bad. Of, no? uh, I'm not as good as I used to be. <laughs> I'm a little rusty now, but uh, I was a cheerleader for four years, two-year All-American. And uh, while at a cheerleading camp, uh, I was actually recruited from uh, the dance sponsor at Mizzou. But I wanted to go to Northwest. So I said, you know, I'm going to try out for cheerleading at Northwest. And uh, yeah, it didn't go as well as planned. <laughs> I didn't make it, but I'm glad I didn't because I ended up where I am now. But at least I tried. I gave it the college try. No pun intended. But uh, yeah. You know, we always talk to students and other people who are looking for jobs. And, you know, it is interesting what little things that seem kind of minor at the time that really steer your career path. So elementary PE? Elementary PE, yes. I loved every second of it. Uh, the kids are, they're so curious and they're so fun and they, they really enjoyed coming. Um, I had a blast. I had an amazing PE partner and uh, I've had other PE partners over the years. I've been my mentors and I loved it. I loved every second of it. Did you go back to St. Louis to teach after you graduated or what did you do after that? I did. I went back to St. Louis, um, got a teaching job in the district where I actually graduated in Rockwood School District. And um, I uh, was trying to get full time, couldn't get full time there at the time and uh, found out about a position and uh, at Valley Park School District where I ended up working for 13 years. And uh, yeah, it was a good time. You also said that you were the model for a pretty prominent statue here on campus. Talk to us about that. Darren, the photographer at the time, Whitley at Northwest, uh, he took several pictures of me in the past and he got in touch with me and he said, hey, you want to be a part of something cool? And I was like, what are you talking about? So he told me that, you know, they were going to build a statue to commemorate the centennial for 1905 to 2005 at Northwest. And they're going to, you know, put it on campus. And I, he asked me to do it. I was like, sure, let's go. And uh, I didn't realize the importance of it <laughs> at the time, but um, I had to pose for hours. And um, they, you know, they had to get different angles around and um, it doesn't look exactly like me, but um, if you look at the pictures when I was posing for it, same boots, same outfit, <laughs> same everything. And uh, I'm, pretty, I'm pretty proud of it. I'm pretty proud of that. That was about 16 years ago now. So talk to me about the mindset shift that had to happen from a high schooler who wasn't even going to go to college to going to college, there had to be some like some major thought process changes there. Yeah, I am a huge advocate of the desegregation program. Um, I'm a product of it. And I'm a huge um, advocate for it. Um, because going through the program, I was able to go to schools where there were teachers that were huge role models for me, I can name a billion of them. Um, I keep in, I keep track of a lot of them. I keep in touch with a lot of them. Um, my friend Carrie Cerati uh, was my middle school art teacher and she's actually tattooing my arm as we speak, uh, working on sessions. She's amazing. Uh, she was there for me. Um, I've had Ellen Hines, my cheerleading sponsor. I can name a lot of them that have been mentors to this little black girl from St. Louis that didn't really know what to do. And they were there for me. They, I, they answered questions that I had. I didn't know much. And uh, they, um, you know, held my hand and walked me through that process. So I felt completely ready for college. I just wasn't in something that our people in my family did. And um, 
So I, I felt ready um, when I did come to Northwest. However, I actually didn't know much be, um, because when I did come, I had a ton of scholarships and um, grants on top of that. However, I didn't know that the I didn't know they split it in half uh, fall and spring. And instead of going to my advisor at the time, I packed my bags and left at semester. And uh, if I had an advisor like me, <laughs> hopefully my <laughs> students have good relationships with me where they feel that they can come to me and talk. If I would have talked to that advisor, I would have known that, hey, I had more than enough money for second semester. But being a first generation student, I didn't, I was scared. I was nervous. I didn't know what to do. So I ended up actually going back home, but I missed it so much that I found a way to get back up here. And that's exactly what I did. That's an incredible story. <laughs> yeah. So I, I mean, I can see definitely that as fuel for what you're doing now. Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, I love, <laughs> I love my job. I, I keep telling them that, you know, it's kind of crazy for someone to resign at 40 in a position in a career where I could easily have stayed. Um, however, I wanted to try something different. I was ready for a change and I'm, it was almost a perfect precursor to what I'm doing now because I have future educators that I am advising and I can give them advice for, uh, with the 15 years of experience that I have and just give them insight. And, you know, I just, you know, just today I, you know, talked to a student about, you know, just what they need to look forward to as they, you know, go through this process of becoming a teacher. And you're, you're the advisor, professional advisor for the School of Education, correct? Yes, which I'm a product of, you know, what I'm selling. And uh, Dr. Wall, who's the dean, is amazing. He helped me when I was an undergrad um, with my tests, uh, my C-base, it's not C-base anymore, my Mojia, and my Praxis, Praxis exam. I mean, he was there for me. And so I'm so excited to work for him because, you know, he helped me. So I'm willing to help as many people as possible because it, you know, it's, it's awesome to feel that, you know, to, to pay it forward. You know, I feel like I, I'm doing that and it's a great feeling. It really is. Well, and being a first-generation student, I'm also a first-gen student, and Northwest has a lot of first-generation students, so yeah. probably several of your advisees are also in that similar situation. Where Maybe if, if people are listening to this and they don't know what a first-generation student is, could we like clarify that? Um, a lot of students think that first-generation means that they're the first ones to step foot in a college, but it's not necessarily the case. Uh, first-generation students are students that go to college and finish and the first one. So some of our students, their parents went to college, but they didn't finish. And we're our goal is, you know, with student success is to help them not only come to school, but to finish and graduate. That's our ultimate goal. I always point to my degree. There's two of them. I point to my degree when I talk to my, um, when I talk to my um, advisees and I tell them, hey, that's our ultimate goal. And we're going to do what it takes to get you to to, to reach that goal. I'm sorry for interrupting you, Travis. What were no, you saying good. about first generation? Just the, I, I think having that experience helps you help people in that same experience. Because part of it is, especially if your parents didn't go at all, like my, my dad has post high school experience, but it's all work-based education, not college mm -hmm. education. So I didn't know the types of questions to ask. I didn't know what a bursar's office was. <laughs> yeah. You know, there's all this stuff that you, you don't realize you don't know when you're in that first generation role that someone who's been through it can help guide you. And if you understand that they don't know this, so I need to help them, then you can do that. So yeah, it's kind of intimidating. I mean, it if is. you don't know 
where to go, you just, you know, like I did, I kind of, you know, closed in and didn't talk to anybody. Well, if they have an academic advisor that is aware of, like you're saying, aware of what they're going through, hey, let me tell you something. I've been there. I've been in your shoes. So let's do this together, you know. So how many students do you advise? I have uh, about 160 kids on my caseload, incoming freshmen. All education? All education. Declared? Yes. Well, mostly, yeah. Okay. Mostly education declared students. And, you know, it's awesome to know that, you know, I can, I have a ton of experience to be able to use for them to help them so they can know what to expect in their classes, but also once they go out in that field. So you got your, your bachelor's degree. Mm-hmm. Um, why did you decide to do another degree? I mean, you weren't even going to do the first one, but you're <laughs> like, ah, we might as well get another one. Dr. Butler is amazing. Um, he's actually the reason I came back up here. Um, he, while I was getting my undergrad, he was like, why don't you just stay and get your master's? And I was like, okay. I mean, and he talked about dual credit because that's what I ended up doing because I got my bachelor's and I got my master's a year after I got my bachelor's. So back to back, you know, and I ended up having two degrees. He, he talked me into doing it. He felt that I was ready and uh, I felt that way as well. And he helped me go through that process and I was able to do it. And I'm very proud and glad that I did because as a teacher, when I started teaching and I I tell my advisees this as well, you know, the first five years in a day, I mean, you're not tenured yet. So you don't say no. And um, it's hard to do a lot of things along with teaching and try to go to school. Now, do people do it? Absolutely, they do. And they do really well at it. However, I know myself, (laughs) I wouldn't have wanted to like go to school after working a whole school day. So I try to encourage people to, I don't make them, but I encourage them to stay and get their master's if they can, if they can hold it on for one or two more years. So, yeah. So how long did you, so you, you said you left after that first semester. Mm-hmm. Were you only gone for that second semester? I came then? right back. Came right back? I came right back. And actually, in 2000, I left again. <laughs> Northwest just keeps grabbing you back. <laughs> I left again, and I actually went to a university in Pennsylvania, Westchester University of Pennsylvania, for a semester. My first time on the East Coast, and it was culture shock <laughs> over there. And I wasn't a fan. I know to Pennsylvania people, but I, I miss Northwest. And I remember in the dorm room applying online to come back to Northwest and I was accepted and I moved back and came right back. That's the second time I came you back to Northwest. You kept trying to leave. <laughs> I kept trying to leave. It just keeps drawing me back. And then I, you know, I teach for 15 years and decide to, you know, try something different in the, in the education world. Uh, I wanted to speak. I started, um, a YouTube channel on education and desegregation um, and trauma. And I, you know, it didn't really go as well as I wanted it to. Um, So I kind of went through kind of a rut and I actually worked at FedEx for six months, you know, and I like to talk to my students about, you know, dealing with adversity. You know, I went from making this much to making this much and I had to, it humbled me a little bit. And it was my choice. I don't regret um, not uh, or leaving my position. I'm, I know that I, it was something I needed to do at the time. However, I was ready to try something different. And I called Dr. Butler, same guy. And we talked for three hours that night. And I was like, I need some motivation here. Give me something. And he was like, LaTanya, 
come on back up to Maryville. <laughs> Northwest I, is calling. <laughs> and I backed my car again and I came up here and look at me now. So that is a good point though. So tell us more about going from, um, cause in career services, so maybe unbeknownst to a lot of students and maybe staff and faculty, not only do we help students who are looking for jobs out of college, but we help alums find new work or find work if they, you know, have lost their jobs. Um, and so we see a lot of the emotions and a lot of the mental anguish that kind of happens with these midlife, like job transitions. People thought I was crazy. I mean, I was making really good money. I just, you know, it was time to move on. And uh, I knew that, um, but I didn't know where it would go. And so I, I did, was able to give a speech at my alma mater at Eureka High School in front of 300 teachers, um, which was awesome. Uh, it's a speech I developed uh, titled We Care, uh, and it talks about the importance of building relationships with students, with teachers building relationships with students. And the CARE is an acronym. So C means uh, communication, A means attitude, R is relationships, and it's it's big one, relationships, and E is the extra, the above and beyond things that teachers can do for students. And um, I'm very proud of that speech. Um, and I, it's on on YouTube if you want to check out my channel. Plug. Um, Link. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Um, and um, it just, you know, it didn't just go as planned. And as a result of that, you know, you get kind of low because you're like, maybe I should have stayed. You know, and I questioned that a lot, but I knew that I did it for a reason. And it's funny because um, I applied at a university in St. Louis um, during that rut, and I didn't realize I put the wrong email on my resume. So I was offered an interview for the university to be a professor, and I saw it like three months later that they offered me an interview, and I was like, ah! But, you know, things happen for a reason. You know, it is what it is. And... Um, and double check that email address that you put on your resume, right? I bet you <laughs> yeah, say that every time. It's gone now. It's gone now. So, yeah. But, uh, you know, I'm glad it happened because I, I have a good friend, a former assistant principal I keep in touch with, uh, Lynn Hedrick, and she's a great mentor to me. And she said, uh, she used the word resilient when she talks about me because of other things, but mainly because, you know, not many people would have left their job at 40 years old and tried something different. And, you know, it was hard. It was very challenging and uh, mentally draining. However, I know what I'm capable of. And I, I was, you know, I had faith in my degrees and my potential. And um, I'm really glad I had the positive people around me to, to motivate me and lift me up during that time. And, you know, it's awesome. And I was very lucky to get this position here. I feel like, you know, you you hear about it all the time about how, you know, I feel like I'm at the right place at the right time in my life. I honestly feel that way. And I wouldn't have done that if I wouldn't have resigned. So I'm so glad I did. I am very happy here. I am, you know, I have students that, you know, I can talk to and teach and they're actually listening and just soaking in all of my experience. And it's just a really positive a positive thing. And I get to, you know, help future Bearcats and, you know, I'm, I'm paying it forward. You know, they did it for me. So it's my time to give it, do it, uh, to pay it forward to them. So. 
I would think that resilience too. The other part of your job, you know, we've talked about the academic advisor, but you're also a success coach. Yes. And I would think that resilience probably ties right into what you have to talk about in those success coaching sessions. Oh yeah. When I go to class, you know, I'm, I'm telling them the truth and they need to hear it. You know, I told them, Hey, last year I was at FedEx. I mean, and I couldn't blame anybody but myself for that. And I, I tell it like it is, you know, and I, t- I talk about, you know, they ask questions about school and, and what to expect. And, you know, you're just going to have situations where you're going to be happy in your building. There might be times where you're not so happy in your building, but it is your job. So what are you going to do about that? And, you know, I talk to students, I have have had lots of friends go through different experiences in school. Some didn't last very long. So I talked to them about that, how I've had, you know, friends that they thought this, you know, they thought college was a party. And they learned the hard way that it's not a party, you know, there's time to have fun, but there's definitely time to hunker down and get those grades up. So I, I can talk to them about that. What is your best memory of being an undergrad? Undergrad. So I guess you went straight to master's. You can mix that in if there was something extra in that last year. I just remember homecomings. Homecomings always was a good time. Fun times, people gathering together and just, you know, crowds, the games, the wins, the friendships. And, you know, Dr. J who I actually knew before he was Dr. J. I worked in the provost office as an undergrad for a couple of years and he's an amazing guy. And I'm so glad, I was so glad to see him again when I came back. He always says that we're a family and I, I seriously feel that. Uh, I felt that as an undergrad and that's why I wouldn't mind staying another year or whatever it took to get my master's. Um, it's a good feeling here um, when you get involved. And it's so important too, um, and it's, it just, it's, I just love the homecoming. It was just a good time. People coming together, gathering, and it's just a good time. So how did you find the job in the provost office or how did you get the job in the provost office? So nobody knows when they're a student, what a provost right. even is. I did not know before I got the job. I actually started off as a, um, a ref for flag football. Uh, when I, when I was my first job here as a, as a student and whoa, that was a nightmare. <laughs> they don't play about their intramural flag football. Let me tell you, I was glad to end that. But, um, I, you know, went on to the human resources website and um, saw that there was an opening and applied. And uh, I'm so glad. I actually still keep in touch with the secretary, uh, Marsha Alsup, who was there at the time. She's then retired. But uh, I, I got in and I didn't realize how important that position was. I was right across the street from the uh, street, <laughs> across the <laughs> office, uh, from the president's office. And uh, Dr. Hubbard uh, was, uh, you know, he was amazing. Um, I have a picture of him here in my office. Um, but yeah, and Dr. Jasinski worked there at the time. And, you know, we became close then. And um, I really liked, I learned a lot about the tenure process as a student. <laughs> I didn't know what it was beforehand, but I, I, it was nice working there. Um, got to interact with the, the faculty then uh, and the deans back then. And um, it was a great position. It was, you know, definitely nice for my resume. And um, yeah, and actually, Dr. Hubbard, the president at the time, he called when I was applying for a, a job, uh, he called my principal and she told me I have never had a president call me as a job reference before. Wow. And when he did, I was like, you're hired. 
You're so hired. <laughs> that's never happened before. So. <laughs> oh, that's crazy. I almost want to like say something to like students. You can get someone to call on your behalf. Wow. No, how cool is that? I'm looking forward to uh, helping out a lot of students. To, I'll get a lot of emails after this, but <laughs> I'm looking forward to helping, you know, write letters of recommendation. I talk to the students all the time about building relationships with their uh, professors because these are the people that are going to get you hired, you know, with their letters of recommendation. So it's so important to, you know, talk to them, build relationships with them and use them for help as well. So, so building your network. No, how do you, so how do you approach that or, or what has worked for you as far as like trying to expand your network, especially in relationship to, Hey, I need another, I'm going to, I'm going to change careers like midstream, like changing my career was easy because of all the people that I know and I've built relationships with them and that's one of my, my it's on my list of things to tell my advisees you know it's so important to um, you know introduce yourself to strangers because you never know I'm talking lifelong relationships that you're going to develop here build relationships with people uh, like you but also students that are not like you um, I did I was big on that I mean I smile at people when I'm walking from class to class I say hi um, in the classroom as well um, building relationships there getting study partners you never know I have friends that are in high places that I've met here in my class. And it's so important to just say hi, build relationships with them, but also your professors, um, but other students as well. Try not to stay in your own bubble. I encourage students to just branch out and uh, get to know, uh, join some organizations. There's over 200 here on campus and there's always something to do. And you can um, get to know other people that way, get involved at church in the town even as well. So it's really important to not just stay in your room, you know, get out and go to things socially distance, of course. I'm going to throw a story out there. I actually had intermediate ceramics class I know his real name, but Baron Von Corbett, what's his name? He's the WWE wrestler guy. So his real name's Tom Pestock, but he's, a, he's an actual <laughs> real WWE guy. Uh, he and I were in actual ceramics class here together at Northwest. He played on the football team. He was enormous. And so just fun fact, like you, like, like you say, like who would know that I know this WWE wrestler guy? But I mean, there were four of us in the class. So, you know, we got pretty close. So. Yeah. I mean, I knew, I knew like three guys that went to the NFL and I knew uh, another guy, Marty, that did uh, The Biggest Loser. We were yeah, in a yeah, yeah, yeah. dance. We were in a dance thing together. Um, yeah, there's a lot of people. Look at me name dropping. What's up with that? People who are really good at networking, like our boss Jill is that way, and you are that way. You don't understand the power. Like, not only do you connect with these people, but then you stay in touch with them. Yeah. And that, for someone who's terrible at networking, like me, that's <laughs> like a superpower that you not only know all these people, but then you can keep in touch with them and you can reach out to them ten yeah. years after you graduate and have a conversation. Like, that's amazing. Like, that's yeah. as a student, if you can learn to do that, if that's not your natural way, like that's going to help you forever. So. Absolutely. I um, was an RA in Hudson while I was here for one year. And um, Brandon in marketing was Brandon Stanley in marketing. Um, I think he was the director at the time. And so when I came back here in January, I looked completely different. At least I thought I did. <laughs> and I looked right at him and he looked at me and he said, what's your first name? I said, Latanya. And he goes, Davis. <laughs> he remembered me. 
And it was so, it was a great feeling, you know? <laughs> and so I could go to him. Well, I, I didn't, but I mean, I could, <laughs> but, you know, it's just cool to know that, you know, I'm remembered. I mean, most colleges, you don't, they don't know who you are, your number. But I came here, came back in January, went to go say hi to Dr. Jasinski. He stops a meeting to say hi to me. You know, he didn't have to do that. He could have been busy. He stopped what he was doing to come out and say, hey, I'm so glad you're back. And that's, that's a special feeling, you know. And so it's, it's important to build relationships. It's important to, you know, branch out and get to know other people uh, because you never know what it might help you. It, it may help you in the future. Any other, so we were, I, I have an interesting question for you. Okay. Um, <laughs> we have a couple of students in our class who are graduating at December. I know that okay. December can be a challenging time if you're an education student, right? Because if yeah. you think about the academic year, like everybody wants to hire for the fall, right? Like start yeah. as a new teacher in the fall. Mm -hmm. um, tips and tricks for students. If I'm an education student specifically and I'm graduating in December, how can I, how can I give myself an advantage in finding a job for only half of a year? And it's a pandemic and everything's already that could be challenging. You know, um, usually principals are looking for people in February for the next school year. Um, and some teachers don't tell or disclose that they're retiring till like right at the year and then they're, they're stuck trying to find someone. Um, I would recommend if they aren't connected with the school that they would, um, depending on where they live, that they would apply for a substitute position. That's a great way to get in the building so they see you and they can see you work. And if they like you, then, you know, more than likely they will, you know, offer, not, not always, but they could offer you a position or they may know someone that knows someone that works at a school. Um, it's always that network with, with teachers, you know, someone knows someone that's looking for a specific teacher. And that's how I got the job uh, at Valley Park. So I would recommend definitely getting in a building somehow through subbing or as a TA, um, sometimes you got to start in the mailroom <laughs> and prepare, but as long as, you know, you build the network and you let people know about, you know, who you are and what, what your area is and what you can offer and you never know. You might be able to get hired at, also at FedEx, right? You might get hired at FedEx. People don't play about their packages, let me tell you. Oh man, I found out the hard way. <laughs> well, and substitute teaching is one of those things. It's such a good job when you're in college too. We had a student last season who was a journalism major who worked as a substitute teacher for his to make money. And yeah. he was like, you only have to have so much college credit and you can do it and it's fun. It's and Yeah. So even if you're not an education major, that's not a bad way, especially right now when they're needed everywhere. Like if you've got the hours and you can pass the test that they require you to do now to do it in the state, yeah. be a substitute. Like, why not do that to get some money? Before I was at FedEx, I actually subbed for a little bit too uh, for Parkway School District and, you know, in different buildings there. And, you know, I mean, if I, you know, if, if I wanted to stay, I could have probably found a position. And yeah, I mean, it's a great way to network. It's a great way to get in there. You actually don't have to take a test. I think you have to send them transcripts and pay. They may be changing it. When I subbed, it was just an interview and a training session. Um, but I think they are changing that process to not make it so easy. So easy. Right. <laughs> it might be just an, uh, an, an, I think there's a certification process. So you've kind of um, mentioned this kind of off and on about the family feeling and, and people being connected. But um, so what does it mean to you to be a Bearcat? 
It means a lot. I mean, uh, coming up here from St. Louis, I mean, just going to school, getting in <laughs> on campus was a big deal. You know, I grew up extremely poor, didn't have much. So just being a college student was already the accomplishment. And I've had the most amazing professors. Some are still here that I keep in touch with that have been mentors to me that, you know, mean a lot to me because they showed me that they cared. And that's important for students, especially when you're, when you're, you know, five and a half, when you live five and a half hours away. And I felt as a result of my relationship with my professors uh, that I've developed over the years and, you know, my friendships, my lifelong friendships that I've had, it just feels like family. It's a great feeling. I'm proud to say I'm a Bearcat and I'm so glad to be back. I'm, you know, I'm not excited about the winters. Last winter was rough, <laughs> but, you know, I am excited to be a Bearcat. I'm excited to help future Bearcats and I'm proud that I can, you know, use my experience that I had here to help others. It's so important to me. So at the very end of our interviews, one of the things that I've been kind of enjoying in this second season is giving our guests just an opportunity to share, you know, anything that they've been thinking of, words of wisdom, um, whatever they have rolling around in their brain to just go give them some open space to share. So now is your time. All right. Uh, advice I would give to our college students as we go through this time where we're forced to wear masks and it can be frustrating a lot for all of us. I would encourage you guys to not forget about your self-care. It's important that you don't forget about yourself. Obviously, school schoolwork is very important. However, can't do schoolwork if you don't take care of yourself. Get outside, go for a walk, go for a jog, watch a movie, something funny, a rom-com or something. Do something that makes you happy in this time until we get, hopefully, this thing squared away. Um, but it's so important. Uh, surround yourself with positive people, people of faith that can lift you up. And um, don't forget about yourself and self-care. It's so important right now. That's what I've said a lot to a lot of my advisees. All right. Yeah, very wise. Thank you so much for being our guest. We've no super appreciated you. having you. I really appreciate you guys um, inviting me in. And this has been great. This has been fun. Thanks. <laughs> All right. Well, that will do it for another episode of Behind the Bearcat. And we'll talk to you next time.